Hi, I'm Lisa Kennedy and you're listening to The Bra and the Brave. This podcast celebrates the creative and the courageous. I am fascinated by those who are talented, forward-thinking and inquisitive. Sharing their stories, wisdom and everything in between, The Bra and the Brave is about people and their passions. So on to today's episode... Looking at it today's island, I'm doing something, right? Oh yeah, I mean <laughs> this is pretty professional. I mean it looks apart, I don't know cool. how, how professional it is, but cool. it, it works for me. Okay. Um, we have started recording. <gasps> <laughs> Biscuits, Biscuits, coffee. I totally, I had to go, I had to, go to the shop especially. <laughs> I'm, I'm loving the, your I, hospitality. I know, and usually I mean it's for a guest that I don't know, but I mean... <laughs> I'll make the effort for my best pal and all. I could pretend. Pretend. <laughs> feel you probably know me better than I know myself. Oh, do you think? I think so. I think actually that was part of, after I said, like, yeah, I'll do it, I like, want to do the podcast, and mm. then thinking, oh, what will you ask me? Because what would you get out of me <laughs> that someone else wouldn't ask? I better say that I'm with my best pal, Lindsay Dunleavy, which still, to me, I'm like... I still That's not to, my name. <laughs> Sorry, who's that? <laughs> A.K.A. Lindsay Slavin. Hi. A.K.A. Slavin. And this is more of a specific podcast because you Hi. and I could sit down and talk about many things that we're passionate about because we share a lot of similar interests. Yeah. And we discovered each other through the love that is dance. Yes. But we're not... Well, we might get onto dance, but we probably will. But we're actually talking about psoriasis. Yeah, it's not. Mean, it's, I'm like, I'm so passionate about psoriasis. But then in a, a sense, you very much are sounds daft doesn't it but I suppose the brave part of the bra and the brave is yeah kind of that raising awareness and it's funny for having had psoriasis the things that I've now came away probably lessons in life opportunities that it's given me like that sounds daft but um yeah sort of opened a conversation after having psoriasis kind of mid-20s when a lot of people have it from childhood mm. I was just oversharing and put myself out there. And yeah, but like that was such a crazy time because I was—I remember not being fully aware of the extent to which you were suffering uh-huh. from it until a particular time, and it was New Year. It was Hogmanay. Oh yeah. And we were gigging, and I remember seeing how bad it was and just being like, like that visual. Uh-huh. It just—it was so alarming, and that as your best pal felt quite bad actually that I hadn't realised how severe it was for you at that time and then obviously then you were were hospitalised and it got quite serious. Aye so um, going back my psoriasis totally coincides with my teaching career. So I started getting psoriasis in my probationary year so 2009 Mm. um, and it started on my scalp and actually, when you speak to other teachers at the time, loads of people were like, oh, I've got scalp psoriasis. Oh, yeah, like, I've got, you think it's dandruff. Mm-hmm. You try all these wonderful shampoos and conditioners and all sorts of treatments. And um, I then also had wee spots, like, on my tummy and stuff, right. like, under under my boobs and under my arms. And being an active person, I always thought it was just a sweat rash. Yeah. Just a sweaty guy. And actually, it wasn't until those spots spread and my scalp got really bad when I went to get just a, a GP appointment actually and um, they were like no that's I think it's dermatitis you'll need to get a referral to a dermatologist I was like oh okay that seems more serious I just wanted a cream I just wanted yeah, yeah. something Aye. 
And there was some backwards and forwards with steroid creams and seeing different people. And I was in an, an, a kind of outpatient for a wee while where I would be given a steroid cream. I would use it. It would go away brilliant, see in about three months when it comes back. Yeah. That sort of seesaw effect mm-hmm. happened a lot. Yeah, and somebody who was like a well person who was lucky enough not uh-huh. to visit the doctor very often... I still call myself a relatively healthy person. Yeah. I was in hospital saying to doctors, "No, I'm really healthy. Like, um, I feel, I feel fine." <laughs> they were like, "No, you're no, really, no, you're no. really not." Uh-huh. It got to a point where I had a particularly horrendous class. Now I know that's terrible to say, but there was just one year where, for all sorts of reasons, it was a challenging class. I remember that. And and you being you, uh-huh. me knowing you, like you invest everything you have and then a bit else that you get from somewhere I don't know where you get that from so you love teaching and you're an excellent teacher and you've always given 100% to anything that you do so when you were presented with that challenge it was like you know you're not one to step back from a challenge you're one to go right in here yeah I think that year honestly broke me and it sounds daft but it presented itself on my skin Mm. so I, I, I felt I was wearing my emotions it got to a point where the more down I felt the more I struggled with work that my skin got worse and worse to the point where I was carrying on as normal I went to the point where I had this secret that was debilitating mm. but I still managed to get up mm. go to work function for the kids carry on as normal really yeah, because I remember you saying about trying to conceal it on your neck. Uh-huh. And then obviously putting stuff on your body, like clothes and scarves and things that are just going to irritate it. Oh, 100%. So like catch 22. Yeah. You obviously didn't, you know, in teaching lower primary, you're going to get all the inappropriate questions well, that like an older kid wouldn't ask. It was almost like I was, and I still say this, I felt lucky in the sense that where my psoriasis started and always sort of spread from mm-hmm. was my trunk so yeah. like my basically my, my tummy my mm-hmm. tummy and my back um so I never had it on my arms or my hands or my face so I could go about pretty covered up and nobody would know how bad it was until it got to a point where I had to start showing people so I remember being at school and I was done I was just done it was I, I knew myself I'm going to crack and yeah. I was at, I was at a point where I probably did crack and I, I had to say to I don't think it was my head teacher because it was a man at the time I said to my deputy I was like I'm not really feeling well you do that whole teary thing mm-hmm. like can I speak to you and she was like yeah um what can I do for you what's wrong and she was really chipper not kind of knowing um course, what I was about yeah, to say and I was like eh, I, I kind of I'm, I'm not feeling great and of course she was like right aha uh-huh, what can I do for you and I was like can I just show you so she must have been like weird okay <laughs> like what are you going to what are you going to show me okay this is sensitive um and I, all I had to do for anybody I just literally lifted up my jumper showed them like my waist and probably showed them about an inch of my skin most people were like <gasps> aghast that, that's exactly what happened that night when you took off I remember you were wearing that black corset and you took off and I was like Oh my goodness! Uh-huh. You've only been in like a fire. Yeah. So most people, I think, when they saw it, it, my my skin was so inflamed, so covered in red, itchy. There was spots. There was like scarring. It just oh, it, thinking back now, I never took a photo. I, oh, I kind of wish I did to see how far I've come mm-hmm. now. 
So there's a positive side to this. But um, at the time, it was so bad. So I had to kind of show people yeah. so they understood why yeah, I was behaving the way I was. Know, like I've heard the word eczema, psoriasis, dermatitis. Yeah. So to the extent at which yours had got to at that point, you know, maybe you, you would have said to somebody, I've got psoriasis. And I'm like, oh, I know so-and-so has got oh. psoriasis. I know this uh-huh. is my psoriasis. This is the reality of mine. That. And not, it, to, not to put down anyone. And it's not like you never want to make it a competition. Like, no, wait till you see yeah, mine. Mine is so bad. But um, <laughs> actually, at that point, I was so scunnered. GPs and for all I love, I do love the NHS. We are so lucky in this country to have it. Um, that's my caveat. Mm. But in saying that, I was so let down. I was at a point where... I felt my only option was to go private, so I had to go private to get kind of just answers. I was, mm. I, I, at this point, I think I was about, I'd say, I think I always say 60% covered. So it went up to my neck, almost like a red, scaly, sleeveless mm. dress because I didn't really have it on top of my arms, just under. Yeah. So again, I could always cover it. Um, it had went down the back of my thighs but not the fronts of my legs. So again, depending on what I wore, if I was to wear a mini skirt, a mini skirt, a kind of midi skirt mm. and a jumper. Even at that point when I was 60% covered, you wouldn't have known. Mm. Um, so when I went private... Obviously being a dancer and then that, you know, costumes, uh-huh. and that's not what you would wear in everyday life. Then no. that's like a whole other thing. Showering, like bathing, like exercising, mm-hmm. going to the gym, living your life, like being intimate, like all those yeah. things, do you know what I mean? Like they're all affected... So, I you can wear clothes to cover it to conceal it for everybody else, but it's you. When when I did go private, that's it was almost like I am no longer actually worried about my skin. Yeah, I need you to fix me. Like yes. I'm, I don't know where to turn now. Uh, like well, mentally, that that it's a yeah. whole other level. And it was at that, that point I think my mum came with me to that appointment, and again it was like hop up on the table, right? Just um, take. I think she said take off the clothes in order to show me. So. So I started stripping off and the woman was like, oh, right, is it quite extensive? And I was like, oh, just do yeah. it, just do it. Oh, I mean, that some people must. Yeah. So some people must be like, I have this patch. It's really annoying me. Mm, and again, it. it's all relative because you could be completely blemish free and go, I've got this tiny patch. Fix me. Yeah, it's driving me insane. So when I started stripping off, she gasped and then my mum hadn't seen how bad it was. Okay. So my mum cried. And straight away the woman had me under a microscope with a torch. And of course I was thinking, nobody's done this yet. Mm-hmm. Nobody. this bad. Uh-huh. This Nobody has looked at my skin like this. Nobody has asked me, I don't know, she just asked me so many questions. And it was like a 15 minute appointment, yeah. which I paid a lot of money for. She was like, you now have postular psoriasis. So postular psoriasis is another form. So there's different types. There's plaque psoriasis, which most people are familiar with. So mm-hmm. the kind of the scaly skin, usually on tops of the arms, and lots of people get it on their scalp. Quite dry, flaky. Guttate psoriasis mm-hmm. is like the spots. That's kind of what I have. So I have the spots. Mm-hmm. My psoriasis had then mutated into this postular psoriasis, which is like, tons and tons and tons of whiteheads all over mm. your body so I was kind of saying I think I have psoriasis yeah, I don't know what this is yeah these white so I was spots. like I've been told at first it was dermatitis somebody at one point told me I had psoriasis mm-hmm. not what kind and this lady then was telling me this doctor was telling me 
that's postulus rice and she handed me a leaflet and said um look it up on the internet mm. i am referring you to the hospital now and i was like all right okay so the first thing it says when you look it up is mm. it can be fatal basically this is where i am not a doctor i don't have the medical knowledge but the postular psoriasis i think can then become internal mm. so it can then... do your temperature regulation as well oh yeah so your I, body that was the thing oh. you told me at the time i was like what yeah so your body can regulate its own temperature mm. so i was covering up with a ton of clothes a ton of jumpers and like obviously in Scotland, all the central heating's on Aye. everywhere you go because it's the middle of winter and your body literally can't work out its own temperature. So your temperature goes up and down through the roof and also this postular psoriasis, all these tiny spots can become infected. There's just so many complications that I was just like, but it's just my skin, it's just psoriasis. Like, what, what are you telling me? Yeah. And then cut a couple of months down the line, still waiting for a referral. I then went for a routine appointment where the woman said, right, how's your skin getting on? And I said, I've, I'm still waiting. Like, mm. I've went private. She said I was getting referred. And, all right, let me have a wee look. And that nurse went, I'm going to phone the ward. We're going to the ward. Yeah. You need to come in. And I was in for two and a half weeks. You were, I. So Mental. from me having a couple of spots, scalps and says, because of school, because of my work, yeah. um, and being quite a, a stress head, I would say. And then I found myself hospitalised, thinking, "What? But what you, has just happened?" They said, "No, you were just in a very stressful environment." Which is now how I see it. Yeah. That by the time you would have been giving yourself a hard time, knowing you. Yes. And you know, I'm not coping, and no, that's not uh-huh. how it was. And I think as well, the way I've always dealt with things, I cope for so long mm-hmm. until I get to breaking point. Uh-huh. So it's like, I'll keep piling on, piling on. My plate gets so full, I'll try and do as much as I can. And then, yeah, I got to a point where I thought, my skin is literally, figuratively telling me Mm -hmm. something's wrong. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I am showing it outwardly on my skin. And now, actually, I read somewhere that somebody had said their skin was like a barometer of their feelings, Mm. of their emotions. And I'm like... Oh yeah, that's, that's it's like yeah. a mood ring. <laughs> like, <laughs> like you you want to see me angry? Like I'll, I'll show you how angry I am. So from where my psoriasis started right. to then, I got put on very heavy medication that cleared me almost. Mm-hmm. From there, when I was in hospital, I tried to find just information other right. people with psoriasis. Say, like, that, that initial Google of you might die, wanting to be armed. Like, then you have a choice, because obviously mm-hmm. the whole time you're feeling like you have hee-haw choice in this. This yeah. is happening to you. I guess the only thing that you've got in your power is that, well, if I know what's happening, or I can read things, I can look into the studies, that's just your nature anyway. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? Then at least you gain some of the power back. I think it was absolutely a control thing. Mm. So I then thought, I am going to educate myself as much as I can about what's happening. Also, when I tried to find other people at the time, so you're talking 2014, 15, mm-hmm. um, when I tried to find information online, it, it was all medical. It was all like NHS 24 Inform. It was this yeah. um, dermatology. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, and I did find stuff. So the Psoriasis Association are a charity um, and they have a fabulous website that gives detailed sort of symptoms and um, pros and cons of medications and things. So they were out there and that was helpful. 
I just wanted other, like who else has this? Who else is going through this? Yeah. You just that human connection. You just want yeah. to, you're like, there, there's other people with this. I just want to connect with them. And at the time, there really wasn't a lot of people. There was a woman, the flaky fashionista, which I thought was genius, <laughs> um, Helen. She was in Ireland. And through her, probably on, um, it was like Instagram and Twitter at the time, I then found myself in this sort of wee community. And since then, I would say it has grown and grown mm. to the point there is now quite a prolific Instagram community, actually. Yeah. And actually quite a lot of people now are coming out going, do you know what? I'm not hiding this anymore. If I have to live with it, why am I hiding it? Yeah. And I, I 100% agree that it's your skin. It's, it's right. just your skin. Like it, Again, I find myself sometimes going, that's a catch-22. At one point, I would say, it's just my skin. And you mm. say, yeah, but that's... It's serious. It's, it's actually it quite bad. It's your life. You have to live your life. Whereas now, in that sense, when I say it's just my skin, it's me almost getting a perspective on things and going, there are greater things of course. to worry about. And yeah. there, there, there was a... relative. If you're living through something, yes. that's your deal. And you can't be belittling uh-huh. you know, someone with psoriasis, but it's just a patch in the wrist. Or thinking about somebody who has cancer, like you yeah. know, it, yes, there are varying degrees of severity in terms of health, but you were very much being put through the mill with your psoriasis on various levels. I think what I found is when I, whenever I said it's just my skin, somebody like yourself or um, my husband or my mom would say, "Yeah, it's just your skin, but look at all the other factors, all the other things that." the implications of your skin being the way it is, I wasn't sleeping. Mm -hmm. I was having baths at four in the morning to try and cool myself down because I was so itchy. Um, And the itch, I would say, out of everything, drove me insane. Like, it got to the point where (laughs) I would sit and I would be aware that I was trying to, like, scratch or I was trying to do it discreetly. And then, of course, it got to a point where somebody would be like, stop scratching. And they would mean it in the nicest possible way, but I'd be like, oh my God, if only. (laughs) So, Uh yes, it was just my skin, but it's not just a skin thing. Like, it's the sleep deprivation. Mm. Even just, I managed to get to work, but then when I then got hospitalised and took the time off of work, I remember saying, I'm so sorry, like, oh my goodness, like, I'm actually off with psoriasis and who's ever heard the likes and... I felt guilty. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's where I'd then go, I have to show you. Yes. I think that's where my oversharing came from because I had to almost pro- prove. prove. Yeah, I think I needed yeah, visuals yeah. to show people she's off with psoriasis. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my God, who's yeah, ever... But even, and, but even showing your skin that wasn't showing the extent to which oh, the never symptoms, know. do you know what I mean? Like, you can't show him do that you're up in the middle of night mm-hmm. baths necessarily, do you know what I mean? Or the, the itch or... The mental strain of just being itchy all the time or being sore or having to really think about what you're wearing, all those things you can't, that's, you're not displaying that necessarily on a daily basis. And it's funny because when you're in the deepest, darkest depths of any illness or any issue that you're going through and you almost can't see a way out, now that I'm out the other side, I almost, your brain is a very clever tool. 
it's almost like blocked some of it out. Yeah, I bet. And even just you mentioned like um like, the temperature it's thing really, and like serious. Like I remember going, this is really serious, like coming to visit you in hospital, like uh-huh. it is as bad as it looks. Yeah, I think so. I think if they'd said like, Oh, here's some cream off your pop, I'd have been like, No, please help yeah, me. Yeah. I was at that point where I probably would have broken down a door and said, Somebody I'm not leaving no. until you, you fix me. me. So then the sharing obviously with Colleagues and family and friends is one thing. Yeah. And then obviously getting involved in a community that was very small mm-hmm. as far as you could see. But then obviously sharing online with, I guess, Joe Blogs. With, yeah. With people who don't know. Yeah. Educating them on psoriasis. I know there was a bit of trepidation about it. You were yeah. thinking, is this the right thing am I doing? Like putting my skin out there, bearing all, if you like. Yeah. What was the impetus for that? Was that just a way of coping? Like if I kind of inform others that will make this all worthwhile or I, I think yeah the informing other people I think as I say I almost felt I had to show people so they understood mm-hmm. but then again always comes back to control the control of me then saying I'm showing you my skin I'm starting the conversation I'm kind of leading that dialogue so that I was able to go back in to my work and speak about it and I was able to say to people yeah but this is mm-hmm how it's affected me and so I found myself sort of sharing it online and just the amount of people that come out the woodwork and go oh my god I've got psoriasis and I've got that and mm-hmm. it's funny though because some people just assume then that you have medical knowledge and ask right all right. sorts yeah. of weird so I, I do I did find myself for quite a while having and I still do have stock answers of so here is my experience yes and I can tell you my story. Mm. Please see your GP. Yeah, that's Please. important. I'm uh-huh. going to send you to an actual informed yes. medical uh-huh. website. You can only tell it from your point of view. Yeah. And you, as much as, as clued up as you are, like, you know, a medical doctor. No. So there's a, there's only an extent to which uh-huh. you know about your yeah. condition. But I always do, you can hear the desperation in some of the messages because I know where some of these people are. Mm-hmm. on their journey and it's almost like I need somebody to listen I need somebody who knows how bad it can be yeah. and what do I do yeah. like where do I go from here it must be a very lonely place to be when you're suffering like that and your family friends are supportive mm-hmm. they don't really get it because they're, they're not experienced no. they don't know how it feels to be you I have vivid memories of me just standing crying in my shower like just having a daily cry mm-hmm. of oh my god get yourself together don't look try not to look at it but then you almost can't tear yourself away because I became obsessed with like just investigating my skin and is that another patch like is it spread Mm. how far has it got like to the point where I don't think I did ever take a measuring tape out but just I had in my head yeah Yeah. that 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 was only there yesterday like that was down to like uh, where that was down to where my bra strap was so like where 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 is it today and and from a from and from a totally legit place, from a vanity point of view, nobody wants to feel that their skin's been taken over with yeah. something they didn't invite. Being a very beautiful person and being a dancer and being used to, you know, being body confident to an extent. Because I don't want to say like you're the most confident person because like that's what people think of yeah. people that are you know performers. Oh, or whatever. and we're really not. And we're really not. <laughs> There's another That's conversation. A <laughs> but to an extent, you will have been used to your 
body confidence. You're used to seeing your body a set way. So whether yes. you love it it's or hate it, whether you love it or hate it, you Correct. are used to seeing that reflection staring back at you and you know what you're going to expect mm-hmm. to wake up each morning and that changes. Mm-hmm. It's honestly, yeah. it's soul destroying. And oh, there are people who have had it since childhood and I do not know how you navigate the joys and <laughs> the tribulations of childhood yeah, with something like psoriasis and I take being a teenager uh-huh. yeah, da- dating yeah. as it is you know when you're of a certain age so having now spoken to people who have had it maybe all their life here was me coming out of the woodwork going oh my god I've got psoriasis and, and I was very aware of people going yeah right okay <laughs> we've had it all our lives and Again, that's where I say it could be the tiniest patch on your knee or on your arm, but if what you're used to has changed, then yeah. From an aesthetic point of view, and then there's the whole medical thing uh and all the symptoms. And And with psoriasis, it does have that tendency to spread or to kind Mm. of pop up. It'll always kind of be in the same sort of places and actually only having now lived with it for several years and seen several dermatologists and doctors it was later on that somebody actually said to me I think I mentioned oh I've got my tongue like my my, my tongue's always had like issues and I said oh and I've also got um, my tailbone it's literally at the crack of your bum mm. um, at my tailbone it's always really itchy and they were like yeah that's also psoriasis it just presents itself oh, differently okay, okay. And I'm like, oh, who knew? who knew? I also get really, like, right inside my ear. Yeah. Again, it's one of those weird things where I thought, oh, I was just getting a wee spot in my ear, like, thinking it was hormonal, thinking it was, like, an acne spot. And they're like, yeah, that's psoriasis. What? Right, so all these different, they present differently on different parts of the body, mm. but it's all the same all family. It's all linked. All psoriasis, mm. but it needs different treatments or different medications for different areas of the body. And mm. actually what I think I've come to realise or what I almost set out to find was, no, there must be a root, a root cause here. Like, what needs to change right. to calm all of this down? Yeah. Like, how and do like, we get a handle of all of this? You know, the cutting out of dairy, I remember that. Yeah, you so... Know, and trying different... Obviously, you're trying different drugs and... Yeah. You know, and then the blogging and the vlogging and things yeah. you've done would be a coping mechanism. But obviously, diet and stress mm-hmm. and... So many factors to try and just be able to live your life. Yeah, there was a lot of trial and error in the sense diet is a huge thing just now online in the the psoriasis community and I do believe it plays a part, Mm -hmm. but there is a balance Mm. to be had. So for me, um, I kind of skipped a wee bit, but after the hospital, I was on these really harsh, harsh drugs that I didn't, I couldn't be on for more than I think nine months. They said, right. so my skin got pretty clear. When my psoriasis came back a, a year or so later, I've subsequently tried light therapy. Mm. So light therapy has worked for me twice now, but yeah, within those kind of clear times, there's always that it's looming, it's coming, like okay. those spots are coming. I think there's always that fear. So having cut out dairy, which I I, I try and stick to a bit cheese. Come on, cheese oh, yes. people. I mean, just cheese. Well, <laughs> Got it to it. And that, that is where I've spoken to so many people and it's like, if green juice every day works for you, batter in. Mm-hmm. You enjoy that celery. Aye. I just, I find for me now, 
Um, and people always ask about like, what diet are you doing? How have you got your skin so clear? And like, my skin is not, not clear at all at the moment. But in saying that, my skin is manageable. I still have the occasional drink. I still have all the cheesy, cheesy goodness that I I wish. Um, So yeah, I'm not strict with myself Mm. because in my head, I think if I was to go the other way to that extreme of green juices and Mm. being really strict, then I would need to watch the the kind of the stress levels because I think that would send me the other way. is to then, you know, hone in and go pure all guns blazing, Mm -hmm. then you're just getting yourself more to worry about. It's another job. That's another thing to think about. And also, how long does that last? Mm -hmm. I know for a fact. Yeah, I'll I'll try that. And I have. I've got the juicer. It sits in my garage. It's a lovely ornament. Um, (laughs) But you know yourself very well. I think you're very self-aware. So, so, so (laughs) self-aware. Brutal. That's how we're also alike. That's (laughs) That's why we're best friends. Um, Um, So, it's just who who you are. You know what gets you. And you know that that control element is good to a point. So yeah. you still have control, but also... Like, so I know where that will lead. Relinquish control and be like, mm-hmm. I'll just have this cheese and we'll just do it. I think coming so full circle from it starting, the whole hospitalisation, mm. trial and error with medications, under the guise of my doctor, obviously, under the of course, yeah, yeah. dermatologist care. Coming out the other side, I am not on any medication I'm not on any therapy or anything just now my skin's okay Mm -hmm. but for me I now I think touch wood maybe it's an age thing but you just you are I've got that self-awareness of what my triggers are probably so I I think I'm more aware of you're doing too much stop what do you need to actually and I think there's that self-care and I'm one of those people on Instagram where I preach about it but to the point it sometimes almost becomes meaningless and it's like, oh, buy yourself a magazine, have a bath. It's so much more than that, but I genuinely believe that is what has turned my skin around. Well, it can't be doing any harm if you're looking after yourself and in whatever way, shape or form that is. And again, that's where it's so unique to each individual that... So if I said I've taken up yoga, I now teach yoga, I believe firmly believe I have changed my mindset and a lot of things the way I react or I don't react to certain things and I know very much when people talk about stress and I get I get it it's mm. like you if you are feeling stressed that is, I'm not no, no belittling yeah, it yeah. that I, I like I also don't want to validate it though because it's like well I, I believe stress is a choice and I use the word as well so sometimes like, oh I'm so stressed and I've got so much on my plate yeah that's what's happening yeah. You are feeling overwhelmed. You are feeling like you have too much on. How can we change that then? Yeah. You are choosing to do all those things. You are mm. choosing to pile all that on your plate, trying to please everybody. So what's the actual <laughs> what's the actual cause there? Like, mm. what could I fix? Yeah, and like you're saying, that how you've figured all that out has worked for, well for you. It might not work for somebody else. Yeah. Like you mentioned in yoga, somebody be like, I can't think anything worse. Exactly. That's for me. So you're not preaching like, everybody should do yoga and nope. everybody should drink green juices. I mean, the, the, everyone should do yoga. <laughs> and I, 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 I believe if you tried it. Uh-huh. Yeah. But even then, yoga isn't just the postures. That's where I am so aware of my breathing. Mm. Like I am, I'll sit sometimes and even now I've just done it. I notice how high up my shoulders are. Consciously pulling myself back into my chair, shoulders back, take a deep breath, 
-hmm. actually fill your lungs your tummy and breathe out for as long as you can yeah Mm -hmm. that Right, was life-changing kind of, so no work, and again there's always a science there's always mm. i'm very much so i read this article i do find myself kind of quoting research and i love information i love knowledge that i know why i'm making my choices yeah. i know why yeah, you're informed. I'm doing the things um, I'm doing, like yeah. a global kind of... Holistic Yes, you've kind of taken knowledge and, and studies and people's experiences and to make an informed choice. You do what's right for you, I think. Um, and yeah, it's... I have changed the way I live. I think, well, uh, kind of philosophical view of it, but you kind of have to go through that lesson. And it is going to change you, but you either let it break you and you stay down there or... You let it change you and you make it a positive. Yes. And I think that's what I tried to do, that I used it to educate others. I used it to inform, um, raise awareness, raise money. So I felt I had got something out of the Psoriasis Association. So then it was given back to them. Um, I became a member. So you can be a member. Cool. You're constantly using them just for information, for updates, that sense of community. And you know that somebody out there... It's kind of fighting the fight and mm-hmm. talking the talk yeah, for you. So yeah. it is. So having went through a traumatic time, albeit just my skin, I now see mm. kind of the lesson for what it was. So then, falling pregnant was were you worried? I think so. So flare back up to um, that extent, or so in the run up to the wedding, purely vanity. I was so mindful of what I ate, that I was extra. I, I tried to live a very balanced lifestyle at that point and I went out of my way to eat healthily, make sure I exercise, yes, to keep my skin okay, but obviously mm-hmm. when you've got a wedding coming up, that was that was the, right. the pressure I needed. Right. So my skin was in quite a good place by the time I got married and then a couple of months later we fell pregnant and having planned that, I sort of knew in the back of my head not really about me. I think I was more concerned about passing it on to my children, mm. my child. Nobody else in my family, I should have mentioned this, it's meant to be or it's said that it's hereditary. But as far as we know, nobody in my family has had wow. it. That's not to say we just didn't know about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe that's a generation thing. So maybe mm. somebody did have it and we don't know because mm. it wasn't, they, they didn't share. Um, so when I feel pregnant, yes, you're thinking about yourself, but again, your priorities shift to this wee, yeah. wee bubba. So I was very mindful of just how I lived day to day, I think. And I guess I, you would be doing that anyway if you're pregnant because you're looking after yourself because you have grown yeah. this new person. You, you you end up, you feel like you're doing everything for two and there's such yeah. a responsibility, I think, that you feel it weighs, it, again, it comes down to the kind of person you are, but the kind of person I am, it weighed quite heavily on my mind that, I am now wholly responsible for keeping you safe, and this this is a is quite a momentous. Mm. Aye, you're not even here yet. Yeah, <laughs> the guilt the guilt you feel. So should I do this? Should I have be eating this? And there's all these sort of things. And because I had the medication previously, there's a few 
medications which are offered for psoriasis that you cannot have up to two years before getting pregnant. So one that springs to mind is methotrexate that I know a lot of people use. Again, it's a really quite a complicated, um, strong medication. uh It's it's not something you take lightly. Like you're you're given leaflets. You're given quite a lot. When I had racketing for my skin Mm -hmm. when I was a teenager, they were like, you know, you will go on the contraceptive pill that is a given because you can't fall pregnant and yeah. be on racketing because it's so um, dangerous you know, there, yeah there's so many implications so yeah so at the time I was in an outpatient and I was getting kind of three monthly checkups I think because of the medication I had been on previously so I was now off of all of that yeah. but in the lead up to my wedding having those constant conversations and I, I'm a confident person and I was able to articulate look, I'm getting married, vanity is probably concern number one right now, closely followed by, we are hoping to start a family, so what are my options now? Mm. And um, the dermatologist did say, there are certain things I cannot put you on if in the next couple of years you are thinking about Mm. trying for a family. Um, And it's just asking those questions and being uh confident enough to ask. You need to go ready with your questions. Yeah, I've actually written, I wrote a blog post um, on that for a company that I write for and those were the exact things I was saying. So don't go expecting one to be fixed and also don't go so passively where you go, this is my skin tell me what what to do. It's almost everything is a choice. You are able to ask what is on offer, what could they do for mm. you, um, looking at all the different therapies and knowing that if they say, we can offer you UVB light mm. therapy, we can offer you this uh, topical steroid, you are allowed to say yes or no. You uh, don't have to take it. What is yeah. my? What are my if other options? This, what's happening now? Uh-huh. And then I, I think I just, I had done so much research that when the time came, I knew I was aware there are certain things I can't take mm. and I'm not willing to take them. So, so it was very much I would rather try for a family than have nice skin. So it was always Fine. it was always going to be I will deal with psoriasis if I have to. Mm. Yeah, because it's not a given that it's definitely going to come back. No, if yeah, it does. It's you know to what extent, but you were like, well, I'll just take it on because this is obviously this is the next stage of our life. Yeah, you're you're on. always told psoriasis is not curable. There is yeah. no known cure for psoriasis mm-hmm. yet. However, it is manageable. It's one of those conditions that once you find something or lifestyle factors, again, whatever works for you, that you should get to a point where it's manageable, but it's not curable. So you're always told that. And I think that probably plays in your mind when you are clear. Yeah. And you are maybe discussing things where it's like, well, it's it's not a priority just now because my skin's fine and I'm not spotty. Mm. And knowing... Well, it's going to come back at some point. Yeah. I'm going to have to deal with it eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, so when I was pregnant, it came back, but not as severely. And it was, again, just on my bump, kind of under my boobs. And when I went for a checkup, she offered me light therapy at that point. And I, again, I checked the risks, like the risks to the baby. I am in, because of my red hair, I am in the booth for about... 16 seconds not even I think I started 10 seconds so it takes me longer to get to the hospital (laughs) park the car find a parking space walk out wait in the waiting room get taken you do your wee checks you get your goggles you get your mat you go into the booth strip off she beeps in 10 seconds I stand in it naked and it goes 10 9 (laughs) 
And then I come out and go, oh my God. Literally, that is all I'm in. What's that doing for me? Uh, But it works. It totally works. So I got offered that in pregnancy. I was happy that I felt it was safe for me and and baby, my bump at the time. Mm -hmm. But it was funny because she said, oh, I'll offer you light therapy because of the severity of your skin. And at that point, I was like, like, oh, my skin's fine. Pal, you've not seen it. (laughs) I was like, whoa, am I actually offended here? Like, I'm really happy with it. Which, again, I then thought, wow, look how far Mm. I've come. But also... Where, where you are on that journey my my focus had shifted psoriasis at one point I felt was my only focus because mm-hmm. it was so severe yes. and there must be people out there who are maybe in that boat right now going yeah. oh it's all I can think about I wake up I thinking about it I go to sleep thinking about it it's so consuming and probably I hope it's nice to hear kind of my story where you go you do come out the other side it it does get better mm-hmm. But it took like peaks and troughs. Oh, like you're saying, absolutely. It's, a you, it's not curable. You might get a flare up that is particularly bad, or it might be a flare up in the future that isn't as bad as what it was before. But at that point in time, because you are a mum now and your life is different, your life has changed. You've got pri- other priorities that you didn't have that time. You know, the first time. Yeah, I I wonder. So now I've got a daughter. My skin was cracking it was in a good way uh, that's a very scottish that's a very scottish term actually i've just realized my skin was not cracking my skin was really clear i should say um so my skin was really clear after i had isla and i chose to breastfeed and just kind of it must have been the mix of the hormones and your body settling my skin was so clear mm. and they had said it would be almost it's the luck of the drawer, the luck of your genes, 50% of people will get much clearer, better skin. Okay. 50% after that sort of the birth, after the kind of the dip in hormones and mm. that change again from being pregnant to yeah. then giving birth, they said 50% of women suffer even worse. Mm. So you think, oh, thank right. goodness. Uh-huh. I, I felt lucky. But slowly but surely, I think... You're so focused on on this new lifestyle, this mm. world, tu- world turns <laughs> upside down. You don't yourself and your skin. You don't. No. And it actually changed my kind of relationship with my skin. I wonder how I will react or how I will cope with it if it was to get, e- even not that bad again, if it was to flare again to the point where Isla noticed it, I would obviously have to think about how I react to it. Absolutely. So that her relationship, one to how I'm feeling, because yes. obviously she would probably be concerned about oh, mummy's sad yeah. or mummy's uh, mummy's well, got sore skin. That's what you do, don't you? Put because actually, experience. when my skin was really bad, I've got nieces, and at the time I think my middle niece was about four or five, and at one point, obviously, I was all, always covered up. Nobody really knew how bad my skin was, but I must have leaned over to get something for her, and my top had had kind of creeped uh-huh. up. And a bit of my, my skin was in show and um, she obviously could see the wee spots. And straight away, out of the mouths of babes, she said, oh, daddy's got cream for that, um, your chicken pox. Oh. And again, it's, it's it's obviously what they know and what yes. they relate it to. And uh-huh. she had had chicken pox, obviously. So I just thought, oh, sweetheart, thanks. I wish yeah, I wish sure. calamine lotion would help. <laughs> it really won't. But yeah, just your relationship with your own body, I guess. Like you've had a baby. You grew like this human no, you're thinking, look at what my body's capable of. Oh, I think I thought that even before I had a baby, if you, I think I remember sitting in the hospital, 
seeing my skin get better, like day by day on that um, drug I was on, it was pretty hefty, it was like horse tranquilizers. Again, brutal side effects that they share these very scary information leaflets with you and it's a, do you consent to all of this? Here are the kind of positives and negatives. Mm -hmm. Weigh up for yourself, does does that warrant going on this drug in order to get your skin better? And that's where you go, yes, it's not just my skin. At this point, I need to be able to sleep. I need to be uh-huh. able to function. Quality but of life. Even in the hospital, I remember thinking, I'm seeing my skin get better in front of my eyes. How amazing is that? Mm. Like your skin, you can rip it open. Your skin can bleed. Your skin, you cut it, it heals itself. Mm-hmm. Like, what? Sorry, what? Mind blown. And actually, psoriasis is, is a very simplistic view, but basically, your your skin cells renew approximately every 28 days. A normal, in mm-hmm. quotation marks, a normal person's skin renews itself every 28 days. A psoriasis sufferer, their skin renews every three to four days. That is the right. build-up of skin. So your skin is trying to make new skin when it it's not needed. Not right, okay. So it, it's sort of like there's a there's a glitch in the system somewhere. Where that glitch is and how it's defined, I think, is still open to interpretation. Yeah. And even that's from a medical standpoint. Your skin is phenomenal. Mm. What it does and what it can go through. And then as a woman, having it stretch <laughs> beyond recognition <laughs> to house a baby. Yes. And again, then, when it does go back down and again just change form change texture change like that's where you go i believe in something bigger than us because Mm. no no man has created that how cool is the skin it absolutely is and you've obviously formed this relationship with your skin that you're like (laughs) relationship you're like i love you because you're amazing Uh oh my god there was a point where you know you were taking over my entire existence Uh and i still get i've got hormonal i'm just thinking i've got hormonal spots at the moment on my my chin which are like almost acne related and that used to, that would have been the worst wow. thing ever. Like, yeah. And as a dancer, as a performer, you get to a point where you are maybe in front of an audience or in front of cameras where yeah. I couldn't have imagined not having nice skin. Yeah. And now to come out the other side, I'm like, <laughs> like oh, bring it on. It's a couple of spots, man. Uh-huh. But again, there's, there's a female perspective because mm-hmm. I can cover. Yes. I can cover my face. Mm-hmm. I can cover myself with makeup and... Yeah. I've always talked like about culturally it's you know as much as there's many men that wear makeup do you know I mean it is obviously more accepted on oh, it's women. changed days yeah uh-huh. so like there are loads of men I know who will will wear makeup oh, yeah. and there's yeah. lots of there's lots of brilliant makeup brands out there that you really shouldn't know that somebody's wearing makeup if yes. it's done properly mm. but um as a female I've always noticed and it's not a luck thing but I do feel slightly luckier that if I felt the need to cover my psoriasis, if I ever got it on my face, then I almost have more options. Yeah. Um, whereas guys don't, so mm-hmm. I, I do feel for guys. Mm-hmm. But it's amazing fa- what you've the journey that I mean, the journey, the like journey, X Factor. I know, but it is true, and it's the only way I can. I talk about it in the sense that there's I see it as different episodes. So yeah. I do in my head when I'm talking about it. I don't even know if I've done it chronologically today, but when I break it down into episodes of where I was at that time in my life and yeah. how I was dealing with it and what treatment I, I was on. the video you made and you were going on holiday and that the consideration oh, of yeah. being in the sun 
was such a big deal as well, like everything you had to like think about about going abroad. And yes, oh, the heat and- again, I'm very wary of that because for some people they will swear that the sun yeah. helped, yeah. and I think the there will be a point where yes, it clears up your psoriasis, mm. but. There is always then. Yeah, you're exposing the, your skin. Yeah, to, you to you then have the ways. other issues of yeah, yeah. premature aging, and, and then, then the, you know being in the heat and you're sweating. Cancer side. Yeah, there's uh-huh. lots of things. So yeah. you've just shared your story, uh-huh. and if there's a nugget of support or information mm-hmm. that somebody can take away, absolutely great. But you you you're not proclaiming to like I've I've sussed it, guys. Yeah, oh, you know, not at not, all. That's not what it is. And it's funny because being a redhead, when I do go into the sun, I'm not in the sun <laughs> so I go under to I go to sunny places <laughs> I watch everyone from under my parasol yeah. um, so I don't really put myself in the sun so when that's came up before a dermatologist I'm sure asked me how does my skin react to the sun mm-hmm. sorry, sorry for my vampire layer I, <laughs> I couldn't tell you um, yeah going on holiday was a huge a huge deal because getting my skin out on camera and sharing it with selected people because only so many people want to see that. Yeah. So only so only I in my head when I did put my skin online and show pictures of it even now, I know no everybody wants to see that. Mm. Folk are going to either scroll past or not even go there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be specific people, fellow sufferers. Yes. Um, and the extreme nosy people who <laughs> want to see it, and for them, I'm doing it for them. I'm helping them. Mm. Whereas on holiday, getting my skin out felt traumatic. Yeah, because we've been in the public, just joking. Yeah, and it's can see it. I, I don't think, and this is where I might contradict myself. I don't think I've ever had a negative reaction, but I'm able to cover mine up. So I, I have heard some real horror stories, and um, especially people who grew up with it. Obviously, the the things, the cruel things that people will say, that. I've not really yeah. dealt with and also mm. when I did go on holiday because of my colouring I cover up anyway so I've always got that like a wee anyway. caftan or I've got something on so I'm never really out out there yeah. things like that for a psoriasis sufferer going on holiday just even summertime never mind going away just summertime in general when you are wearing less clothes Aye. it's hard it's... You're, giving, you're probably giving yourself such a hard time at the best of times like saying yeah. unkind things to yourself oh and, 100% you know, like the thought of somebody else even thinking that would have just been horrible and nobody I think at one point like nobody could have hated me more than I hated myself like that's a that's a hefty claim but that's oh I just I, I was so angry at my body I was so I used to feel like it was against you yeah like mm. whatever and it was almost like I remember as well whilst in hospital other sufferers and again, it's you you do you and I'll do me, but they were going down for their fag breaks, having a smoke, mm-hmm. um, drinking like fizzy juice yeah, at the it's bedside. Yeah, nature to be like, uh-huh. oh, sake, I'm pure, like, informing myself, like, eating yeah. healthily. Why, you know, and that is just human nature, and, and that's fine, and that, if that's their coping mechanism, uh-huh. whether it be helpful or unhelpful, but yeah, when you're in the thick of it, it's hard to be that all like cold. And know? it used to be like the dermatologist would say, so like talk me through your lifestyle and like do you smoke? No. How much do you drink? And I genuinely don't like you'll have the odd like hen weekend or something Aye. where go bigger, no. go home kind of thing. You, no, I don't, drink, I don't drink in the house. I don't really drink all that much anymore actually. Yeah. Because of my skin, I do feel mine does flare up if I've had um, 
a, a bigger night, shall we say. <laughs> I would honestly, I would speak to my dermatologist and when they asked me questions, I'd be like, but why me? Yeah. Like, yeah. I, and that's allowed. When yeah. You're going to do something, you're allowed to say that. I think there was that self-pity, but I think now I'm in a much better place and hopefully knowing your triggers and knowing for me what works and what doesn't. Yeah, finding what works for you. These are all things that, that's positive advice that you can give somebody else. Like whether, you know, med- medical stuff aside, I can't tell you what drugs work. I can't tell you that that's going to solve your problem. But looking after yourself, doing things that mentally take the load off. I give think, yourself a meeting, cut yourself some slack. Yeah, I think the language you use as well that I, in the past, would have said things that you subconsciously you're constantly telling yourself and berating yourself and oh, I should have done this better and if only I hadn't done this and mm. the way I think I now self-talk in my own head I'm probably <laughs> I say sometimes kinder to myself Great. also having a daughter you are very aware of how you speak about situations I think that comes from being a teacher as well mm-hmm. I'm to to the point of being annoying I will very much reword something so that it puts a positive spin on Great. it and always watching how I speak to Isla mm-hmm. and things that I say about myself or about just just life in general so that has changed mm-hmm. but when I do get messages of despair and I can hear it just in the way they communicate about their skin I think mm. how do I tell you to be positive how do I no. how do I say um yeah, just look on the bright side and oh, do some deep breathing. And yeah. I, I probably would have told myself where to go. It is very much dependent on where your yeah. head's at. And but I think it's really important. Like, I, I, kudos to you. Like, I remember thinking, time, that's a great thing that you're doing. You're arming yourself with information, which is just a Lindsay thing. That's what Lindsay does, and mm. that's great. That because other people will just panic and not want to know anything. Don't tell me anything. But then you took it to the the next level where you were informing others of your experience yeah. and uh, which was good for you because it's cathartic talking oh, talking is yes. good like and putting your story out there this is what this podcast is all about and it is it's storytelling telling your story yeah. and not going this is a bit selfish like this is a bit like narcissistic narcissistic exactly it's not it's really not and I think somebody will take a wee nugget of information whether they've never had any psoriasis and never going to have any psoriasis in their life you telling your story someone will take a nugget of information or a positive away from that and that can never be a bad thing i would like to think so and almost that self-love especially in scotland i think it's seen as a negative so to actually so to come out and say i am positive about my body i am confident and comfortable with who i am we kind of do that hen like you do what you seem boastful like it's almost like don't put yourself out there like don't you're showing off uh-huh. and it's like no I'm allowed like if you don't love yourself can we just turn that on its head then what is the opposite of that you are actively saying I I hate myself is that what I want my child to think so mm-hmm. there's almost but not being not on the flip side not being like yeah I'm bright breezy positive all the time no no you're a human being and you'll have dark times and you'll have times where you maybe aren't as kind to yourself mm-hmm. but just being like that this is me warts and all yeah and all yeah but trying to be positive aiming to be positive having that positive 
head on as much as you can. Yes, making and forcing yourself peace. to be positive when you're like, I could just be very self-loathing and pity all the time. Yes, that lovely. Like being your pal, I know you've done that whole imposter syndrome when it comes to your psoriasis. Just because it's not as bad as it was doesn't mean you don't get to talk about it. Yeah, I sort of removed myself from the psoriasis community in the sense that I wasn't writing as many blog posts. I wasn't kind of putting myself out there as much mm-hmm. because I didn't feel I had anything to, to show. Yeah. I, had, I had nothing to show almost because Instagram was such a visual place yeah. and people all of a sudden, like the community has grown and grown and it's brilliant that it's out there. But I almost found myself taking a step back going, right guys, you you, you carry on now because yeah. I, th- I think I'm okay. But I felt guilty. There was a, a real overwhelming feeling of guilt that how dare I share my skin or what I'm doing at the moment because I don't really have anything to yeah, you, show. that kind of boastful thing, like, like how great my skin is. And whenever I have then shown my clear skin, folk have been lovely and said, yeah. that's great, that's so positive, I'm mm. glad you're sharing. You can come out the other side. But I, I did see it as, hi, I've got clear skin. I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Like, always, <laughs> yeah. almost like preempting people going, how dare you yeah. be part of our uh-huh. community with no spots? But I do... I'm just aware, as a teacher, I can't keep putting that out online. No. <laughs> like, here's here's my skin. Because if I show it clear, that's just me showing my yes. body. Yeah, yeah. I'm not then showing... I'm, if I'm not showing psoriasis, I'm literally just showing, just showing body. my body. Which, yeah. to me, hmm, okay, do I need to be doing that? Probably not. So I actually was more comfortable showing my skin when it was pretty was, bad, yeah. covered I in psoriasis. Be body confident and, and don't body shame yeah showing their body online but as a teacher yeah you have a duty of care that you're not you want to keep your private life private yeah and to an extent that is your body but whenever <laughs> it's funny because one of my colleagues recently um was we were chatting about skin conditions and i was guessing it was eczema and i noticed it on his hands and it, it looked pretty pretty bad and mm. so i just i found a kind of quiet moment to to start a conversation i didn't go in with so how's your skin today <laughs> but like I, I kind of got the, the conversation around and I just said like I have been there I've mm-hmm. suffered and straight away his response was no way like I, I, I just wouldn't know yeah and I thought well that's, that's you nice. don't you yeah. don't you don't yeah. go about with a big big arrow a big arrow, arrow point and going here's the here's the condition I'm yeah. dealing with and yeah. nobody does that so there are so mm. many invisible conditions or so many conditions that can be covered up you don't know what somebody's dealing with but there is a sense of if I see somebody with a noticeable skin condition it's almost you don't want to mention it because then they know you've noticed yeah. but I do almost want to say I've been there I totally yeah, get where you're from, from and you are okay you to somebody with yeah. like, oh that looks that looks really sore yeah well what would you know but at least you can lead with it I, I, I've, I've had a skin condition you know I know what I can sympathise. And I think just starting that conversation to say to somebody, which I did with that colleague, and I said, what treatment are you doing just mm. now? Like, how, where, where are you at? And just chatting through it. And it was things like, oh, I really miss exercising. Like, I want to do my cycling, but there's the, the catch-22 yeah. again of, yeah. if I cycle, my skin gets sore, but then the cycling helps my mind. And yeah. so it's this vicious cycle of finding cool. that, balance it's mm. a balance and that's where that barometer on your skin you are wearing a, a, a visual representation of where your head's at yeah. and I truly believe that that there, there must be root causes and it's finding your root cause yeah. whether that be your diet whether that be it's where your head's at at that mm-hmm. particular moment but I think opening that conversation with somebody 
in a safe space, yeah. you know, a colleague or a friend or and giving them the option to talk about mm-hmm. it or not. You know, it's important, like, that communication. And the, the whole point of this podcast is just having a... You know, for me, it's about having a conversation. Mm-hmm. If anybody listens to it, that's a bonus. Yeah. Um, but the fact that you've spoke about this to me today... Now, I know we have yeah. a lot, but hopefully there'll be a positive for you. Never mind anybody else listening to this. I'm, all I'm thinking is, is this good for Lindsay? Yeah. Has this been a positive for you? Will you go away today having enjoyed the conversation or always <laughs> thanks my belter chat but you know what I mean like that's it's important to me that the conversations are genuine it's not that somebody else will listen to it that's that's great if somebody yeah. does and and they can take a positive away from it whether they're a psoriasis sufferer or not um but for me it's about you and also you're my pal so I, I care about you mm-hmm. uh, but that the conversation having conversations are really important as it's therapeutic and it's nice to looking back from where I was at and knowing even if it does come back um, I got through mm. like I, I got yeah, up every day I, I managed I, I now experience. know yeah I now know that if heaven forbid it was to come back and be that bad again well I tackle that I tackle mm. that one day at a time and we get we get through that like I was in awe of you the whole Thanks. entire time and all I could do was provide I think I provided a pair of jammies at one point. You did, you did. And lots of people, like this, I remember, um, I was covered in bandages. And I was so... in pre going, right, hey, jammies, what kind of jammies would you want to wear? Like, nothing too tight. Well, yeah, to... stupid things at the time. I remember the jammies and being in hospital, I was covered in yellow paraffin. Yes. So I remember saying to everyone, it was like Shrek's earwax when he takes... <laughs> That's what it was like. But it was the most amazing feeling mm. the relief and I was like why Why did they not sell this in the shops like where do I get this and why Why do I not have it like on oh, repeat like wow. I need this yeah. it's a funny story so here are things not to put on your psoriasis so before I knew yeah. my pustular psoriasis was pustular psoriasis mm. <laughs> my friend Lauren who I worked with she'll kill me for saying this but she said at one point Oh, when we used to get bee stings, my granny put bicarbonate of soda. Oofed. Or, right. this, is, this is the desperation, desperation. levels I was yeah, at, yeah, yeah. put bicarbonate of soda on the bee sting and it, it draws it out. Maybe, now, even saying this out loud, yeah, I'm right. going, well, that's stupid. <laughs> I listen well, to her going, yeah, that yeah, sounds right. Aye, that sounds better. That's, <laughs> uh, there, there's, a, there's a, like, science behind that. There's a yeah. remedy behind that. I will try mm. anything. So, one night, a full tub I covered in a paste I made a paste and I covered my body now I was already red raw and itchy and uncomfortable so the probably the, the level I reached wasn't that much greater but oh, oh my goodness I did that once and I very quickly learned my lesson never did it again I also did try calamine lotion dries it out mm. um, petroleum jelly and the aqueous cream, so there's mm-hmm. two things. So they actually trap moisture, but if you don't have the moisture in your skin, nothing does nothing. Yep. Did not know this at the time. Mm. Um, so there's loads of wee things where over the years, I mean, most people will be like, well, why, why, why did you try bicarb soda? But, uh, but other people will be like, I did that. Uh-huh. Or I did something similar yeah. to that. I tried something that, you know, this old wife's tale or whatever. And you get it. Because, like, when you're desperate... And, I mean, I went through a, a lot of oats, having oat <laughs> baths. Now, that, to me, that did help, actually. And uh, 
there are soap bars and things that make it much easier. But I literally was like, I was literally filling a bath with like oats, wee bags of oats, and lying in it, going, "Please work, please work." Like I'll I'll just I'll sleep in porridge if I have to, (laughs) because oh my god, like something has to work. But of all those things. I can laugh about it now, but I just... At the time, I, you're, this better work. In that desperate times of nothing is working, no one can help me, no one understands. And again, nobody will ever understand your situation. And I always say that to pregnant women in my pregnancy yoga class when they say, oh, I feel bad for moaning because other women go through it. And I'm like, but nobody has ever had your, your experience. experience. Nobody has ever had totally your unique. pregnancy. Nobody mm. has ever had this. So nobody's ever had your condition the way you're having yes. it. You are a, everyone's a snowflake. You're one hundred percent unique in the sense that only you have this reality that you're living. So you can't play it down. But nobody ever can tell you how you're going to feel, how yeah. it's going to get better, yeah. how 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 you should yeah, feel. That's why you should talk always. So moving on, th- I was thinking about porridge there when you were talking about porridge. <laughs> we're moving on to the thing and bobs. Yes. And my first question is. Salt or sugar on your porridge? <gasps> um, well, I heard you ask somebody else this. Yes. And they were aghast that you would ever put sugar on porridge. Now, I like both. I'm... Not at the same time. No, not at the same time. So, <laughs> I am very happy to have yes. salt in my porridge. If I have it sweet, will I put honey in? Me too. I always put honey. That's what I so, do. I now, I alternate between both. But if I have salt in my porridge, it has to have been made with like an oat milk or something quite creamy mm. i can't i don't like watery porridge so i don't ever Fair make enough. my porridge with water yeah i'm one so of those weird ones like, i would have either mm. i just love porridge me too i hear you so scottish what hidden talent do you possess Aww. i mean you possess so many talents i really don't um, absolutely do. no i'm too much of an oversharer to have a hidden <laughs> talent like i'm that's where i go no nah, everyone knows everything i can do <laughs> But then, but I know a story of you when you were wee. Yes. When you weren't an oversharer and you didn't want to be in the limelight. Oh, well, that's, so that's, you also, that's one of your questions where you ask people like, what, what would be the story or what does, what do people say about your childhood that defines you? Uh That's mine. So growing up, seemingly I had the catchphrase, no see me. So then to become a performer and a dancer and to put myself out there, I was the child who, at parties, Mm -hmm. regularly, they would find me under the dining room table reading. Like, the geek I am. I am an... My inner geek is strong. So I would always be found under a table reading my book. Mm. I would tell them, I'm never... I'm never going to drink alcohol. I'm just going to eat yoghurt. As if that was, like, a really strong, healthy message I took from, from seeing all the adults drinking. And now I drink on occasion mm. and I'm lactose intolerant so I definitely don't <laughs> love yogurt but yeah best thing about Scotland oh the people and everyone always that's such a cliche but the people and I think having lived in different places around Scotland mm-hmm. the west oh, it is the best yeah. so as it is so you get to say that's your podcast episode <laughs> So I'm one of those people that if you're in a bus stop or in yep. like waiting in the pharmacy for your your stuff, I will chat to you. <laughs> and I'm now, I think it's so a I'll put your picture out on the Instagram so that everybody knows that like oh that's Alice's great talk to me. I don't know where that came from, but I think it's 
people are so special and everyone's always got, as you know, people have always got a story. Mm-hmm. And I would rather always be that person that would help and put myself out there. Yeah, than, absolutely. Than not. So the people in Scotland, I think there's just a different breed of people where we are self-deprecating, but and we're funny, we're a funny bunch. Aye. In a good way. But a broad bunch. We're so a broad are. bunch. We are. What would be your mastermind special subject? Oh, we. I've recently thought about this because there was a school quiz for the pupils. Yes. But there was a staff round. Oh. I didn't put myself forward this year. Initially, my thoughts were things like friends. And somebody said, nah, you do something like Cleopatra or Alexander the Great, where you think, that's a bit highbrow. They only lived for, what, <laughs> less than, like, 15 years. True story, by the way. There's only so much you can know. So actually, <laughs> throw in Cleopatra and I will learn I will learn everything <laughs> there is to know about Cleopatra and her life. See, that's tactics. And then, surely, the things I can Google are the questions you're probably going to find the answers to. Nice. So but I'm there to win. So no matter what that subject I is, I need to win. I, you want Lindsay on your team, not on the opposing team, by any stretch of the imagination. She is. I mean, I'll po- I'll positively grind you down. <laughs> I'll do it in a really positive way. <laughs> um, if you could duet with anyone, <gasps> Lindsay, who would it be? I've never asked this question to anybody else. So what a question! I know. Well, just to enjoy, not not to make the best song. Okay. But for pure enjoyment, Join because me. I love her, mm. Carol King. Yes. What song and, would you sing? Oh, well, the theme tune to Gilmore Girls. Belta. I probably wouldn't be able to sing, though. I would just be in awe, <laughs> in awe. being beside her, just like, oh, my God. And, yeah, she's amazing. Carol King. And my last question that I ask everyone on the Bra and the Brave is, what is your favourite Scottish word or <gasps> phrase? I do, I, again, long-time listener, first-time caller. That's yeah. how I feel. But <laughs> I regularly think about this. Being a mum now... The one that I tend to use where I'm like, nobody else would know what that is. So, bahookie. Nice. So, I'm like, mom will change your bahookie. Oh, sit in your bahookie. So, bahookie, <laughs> for the non-Scots, is yes. your bum. Your bumbleeri. Your bottom. Bumbleeri. So, bahookie slash bumbleeri. I feel they go together. Yes. But, if I'm putting my teacher head on, wheeshed. Just wheeshed. <laughs> I'd say wheeshed is stronger than be quiet. So, yes. I'd be like, wheeshed. Come on, just wheeshed. And even just saying it, it's a great word to say. <laughs> wheeshed yourself. Wished. Wished. Well, it's time for us to wish to oh. so we can go and get a dinner. This has been a total joy. Thank, Thank you, you so much for coming on the Brown and Babe. I feel like I invited myself. Like, ah, that's all right. <laughs> can I can I come and chat to you? Ah, come on. Thanks. And as this is going out on Sarice's week, I would just like to say I think you've done an excellent job at being honest and open about your Sarice's journey because in the most kind of vulnerable times, you were still putting yourself out there in the hope that it would help somebody else and I think that's a brilliant thing you're a I, I hope that it does and I think Sarai's is Awareness Week for anyone just needing a place for advice or for information then the Sarai's Association certainly in the UK um, is a kind of go-to website mm-hmm. and they've got lots of hints and tips have a look at their website because yeah, they're fab. We'll put, I'll put the link in the show notes thank, thank you, you so much, much. yeah oh. absolutely broad brave material as are you <laughs> thanks mm. <laughs>
hope you enjoyed today's episode of The Bra and the Brave, a podcast about people and their passions. Join us next time for more insight and inspiration from my wonderful guests. Bye for now.